Hey, it's Desi, Christo, and Alec. Before we continue with this episode, I just want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Anchor. If you haven't heard of them, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Do you think you need a full thousand dollars setup just to make a podcast? No way. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Best of all, Anchor is 100% free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening, and now let's get back to the rest of the episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Storytime with Desi. Now... I'm going to try to keep this intro short because we have really no new announcements that I need to discuss today other than that we do have a new editor on our team. Um, They have given me a name that they would prefer to be called since they did not want me to discuss their actual name. So my new editor, they have wished to be called Delila. And I just want to give a huge shout out and thank you to them for helping me out with this last chapter. They have been a huge help so far and I am glad that they are on our team. And I hope that they'll decide to stay with us for a very long time and that we can make a lot of great memories together. With that announcement out of the way, let's get right into it with Chapter 4 of Metal Plague. Chapter 4 Penalized Knowledge In the days passing after the events of our little mission, we unfortunately didn't get what we so desperately desired as we were caught by the headmistress before Gilbert and I could confiscate any of the evidence that we had discovered. With us suspiciously in the headmistress's office, All the mistresses were out looking for a missing child. It did us no good other than making us look more guilty than we already were. Get back to work! Shouted one of the mistresses from across the courtyard. Groaning with my teeth clenched, I hear Gilbert reply. Yeah, yes, ma'am. As we continue sweeping fallen leaves from the trees in the courtyard, I look back to the ground to the stone floor that we stepped on. How embarrassing. I'm an inventor! There's no time to do such tedious tasks. But I'm content to do so until I can find another way to grab the evidence that I need to bring down the headmistress from her hidden pedestal. As I frustratedly sweep the crunchy autumn leaves from a nearby tree in the courtyard, I feel something touch my ruffled black hair. Stopping and straightening my back to grab whatever it is from up top of my head, Pulling my hand back down, I find an orange maple leaf with red along the spiked edges of the leaf. Staring at the little leaf, I began to recall life outside of the orphanage. The life I also desired as my world seemed perfect. I miss you, Molly. I whisper. Slowly, 
performing a smile on my before anger face. Looking at the autumn scenery around me, I can see my younger self running around in the forest. My laughter echoing through this empty and hollow space, along with the laughter of her. As my younger self fades away, I grab into the inside of my thick brown coat, reaching from one of the inner pockets. Pulling out my inventor's journal, I flip to one of the first pages, finding an old and torn page with my mother's handwriting. Placing the leaf next to a small photograph of her, I recall her emerald eyes and her soft raven hair. Let me see. If only I, if only I could have helped you that day, then you'll still be here with me. Sighing into the cold autumn air, I close the journal and return into its hiding spot. Hey, Hugo. Shocked, I spin around, lifting my broom in self-defense. Looking at the person that scared me, I saw Gilbert fling his arms and hands up in the air. I step down and relax, and I see that there's no threat. Sorry, Hugo. I didn't mean to scare you. Gilbert replied apologetically, rubbing the back of his neck with his right hand. He gives me a big grin until he says something else. Oh, before I forget, the mistress said that we can head back in now, and... Gil's eyes trailed off, moving his hand to cover his mouth with his index. And... I repeat, urging Gilbert to continue while motioning my left hand in a circling motion. And the headmistress requested an audience with you in her office. Gil's eyes once again trail off as his grip on his broom tightened. Then I also noticed that Gilbert's body is shaking uncontrollably. I softened my face from my stunned expression and forced a smile to appear. Hey, it's getting a bit nippy out here. Why don't we head inside and get warmed up? I tried to sound calm and sincere, but my heart pounds at just the thought of heading into the dragon's lair. Yeah, that sounds nice. Gil replied, trying to keep his teeth from chattering. Walking back towards the building of the orphanage, we are greeted with a ruckus of children running and playing in the dining hall. Using three out of the six fireplaces, the older children try to huddle together to conserve heat and warmth from the frigid cold. While the younger ones run around endlessly, not seeming to be bothered by the dropping temperatures outside, a small chuckle escapes me as I see them trying to play tag in their crowded dining hall. Hugo! A voice calls out my name from behind Gilbert and me. Turning to see who it is, a mistress appears with a long, navy blue dress, mitten, and black earmuffs around her head. 
The headmistress wishes to see your presence in her office. Now. She says sternly, waiting for me to join her. Probably an extra precaution in case I try to make a run for it. Before leaving, I turn to Gilbert. I place my hand on his shoulder and give him a small smile. Putting up a brave face even though my head is saying it's in vain. We'll be alright, Gil. I'm sure nothing will come of this. Before you know it, we'll be out of here with new lives ahead of us. I raised my hand, leaving it open for Gilbert to accept. He responds by joining in with his hand as well. You better keep it then. Smiling along with me, he releases his grip on my hand and I head off to join the mistress. Following the mistress down the hall that I had tracked past a few nights ago, I feel a chill run down my spine as we slowly approach the office door. Lost in thought, thinking of all the things the headmistress might do to me, I'm stunned to notice that we had already reached the door. Opening the door, the mistress pushes me forward to step inside the office. Once in, my eyes instinctively darted towards the trap door. Down of her cold voice still echoes in my ear. If you wish to know what secrets lies beneath there, I'll be more than happy to oblige. Startled, I back away from the desk once I saw the source of the voice. Oh, don't tell me you're afraid of a little woman. Not after your stomach a few nights ago. She said, her wrinkled face forming and cracked grin. My body froze. My legs don't respond when I try to move back as the headmistress makes her way to stand and face me. Her eyes are only a few inches away from each other. I have to slightly lift my head to meet her eye to eye. Blinking, I hide the obvious fear that plagues my face. Uh, I know what you're doing, and you won't get away with it. I'll stop you. I shouted, bursting out all the thoughts that were circling in my mind. Wearing a smirk, she backs away and proceeds to walk back to her desk, gesturing for me to stay in front of her. Using my remaining courage, I forced my legs to walk towards the seat in front of her desk. After sitting down, she proceeds to circle the seat. Here you go, dear young do you sincerely believe that you fully understand my position in this operation? Are you absolutely certain that you can stop me? She probed me by circling me like a cat who had strapped that mouse, toying with the mind of its prey. Well, I sit in silence, having no answer to her question. Letting out a small chuckle, she continues with her interrogation. 
You see, Hugo, I work for a very powerful and secret organization that is going to revolutionize this pitiful world. The headmistress moves her attention to the window behind her seat. Gazing over the town just outside the stained glass, clearing my throat, I respond with my own question. What do you mean? How can you possibly revolutionize a world that has no intention of changing? I ask, waiting for a response. I see the headmistress head shoot up from the window and turn to meet me. How, my boy? Why, isn't that a simple answer? By using the only thing that this harsh world responds to. Force. And with one that nothing this world has ever known before. But I won't let you get away with that. I know your plan includes something with orphans. and I'll report you to the officials. They'll stop you. I lean forward in my seat, my hand grasping the arms of my seat. The headmistress also leans over her desk, almost touching my face with her own. That is precisely why I called you here, boy. I'm aware that you have an idea of our plans and could possibly tell the officials, but... Leaning back from her desk, the headmistress grabs what appears to be a small rectangle piece of paper. What if a small accident were to cause the disappearance of someone very special to you? My eyes shall open, and I bolt up from my scene, knocking it over to the ground. No! Leave him out of this! He has nothing to do with this! It was my idea, not his. Punish me if you must. I shout, my teeth grip to think of, of what that wretch going in near guilt. Staring at me with her cold, dead eyes. We just stand there, waiting for something to happen. Then a screech could be heard outside. Breaking the silence was a barn owl, who seemed to have a piece of paper hanging from his beak. Opening the window and yanking the paper from its beak, the headmistress reads it with her back facing me, preventing me from reading what is written on the note. Suddenly, her face is lifted up from the note facing the stained windows. Congratulations, my boy. You'll get to see our operation up close and personal. Turning back to me with a wick, with a wicked grin on her wrinkled skin, it feels like the devil has taken over her and pretending to be human. My heart pounds and my legs feel weak, barely being able to hold my weight up from the floor. You've been chosen to be the next pillars to support the revolution. Alright, that's all we have for chapter 4 of Metal Plague. I hope you all enjoyed 
and I just want to give one last thank you to our new editor, Delayla. And we hope that you will have fun and that you are happy to be part of this growing family of ours on podcast and Patreon. Also, before I forget, if you want to help support and maybe get early access along with bloopers and other benefits from us, go to patreon.com slash storytime with Desi and you can pick from three tiers which include patreon shadows bloopers sneak peeks and early access to our stories and they range from three dollars to nine dollars and if you just want to help support us that would be fantastic and you could get some fun out of it too i'm your host desire gomez and this is storytime with desi bye